thank you for tuning in to the Coaching York podcast. To find out more about who we are, what we do and how we do it, please go to coachingyork.co.uk. That's coachingyork.co.uk. Hello everybody again, I'm Jeff Ashton and this is the Coaching York podcast. Now before I introduce our guest for today, I'd like to ask you a question and tell you a little story. So my question to you is, when was the last time you agreed to do something, discovered it was going to be more challenging than you thought, but came to the point where you just had to tell yourself, I can do this. So here's a little story. A little while ago, I was at a family wedding in London. We had a two night stay in Walthamstow and on the way home had arranged to meet wider family for breakfast. And that meant a 15 minute walk to a restaurant with luggage, no problem. But there was a catch which was we had to cross a four-lane dual carriageway during rush hour. Well, for most of you listening, I imagine walking over a bridge, suspended tens of feet over a busy road isn't an issue, but not for me. The combination of height, the movement of traffic under the bridge and the noise was doing terrible things for my balance, which at best of times isn't great. So here I am, I've climbed up on this bridge, there's barriers on either side which are mesh, rather than solid, and I'm feeling rather exposed and slightly dizzy. But once you're there, there's nowhere else to go other than over to the other side. So I fixed my gaze on the floor of the bridge, two feet in front of me, put one foot in front of the other, and quite literally said to myself, I can do this. So I wonder if you're thinking about an experience where you've kind of felt the fear and done it anyway. And what we want to do today is explore how we can address challenges like that in situations which are more complicated than crossing a physical bridge, even though we might recognise some of the stages in the journey I've talked about. And to help us do that today, I'd like to welcome another of our wider Coaching York network, Jenny Sharp. Hello, Jenny. Hello, Jeff. Good morning. And a very good morning to you. So could you tell us in the time-honoured fashion of Coaching York a little bit about yourself personally, professionally and geographically? Yeah, thank you, Jeff. I live in a village south of York and I'm married with three adult children and a young dog. You'll often see us hurtling off to rescue our mischievous show cocker spaniel Peggy, either at York York Racecourse or in one of the woods near York. I personally have had an eclectic career, ranging from software engineering through to direct sales, administration, teaching, and now I spend my time as a maths tutor, adult educator and career coach. Okay. Uh, so I'm in, I'm intrigued. Um, does does Peggy uh, fancy herself as a racing dog? No, she's pretty she's pretty lazy. However, if you take her off lead, she hurtles all over the place, but only for a short length of time. She's more like a greyhound, but a short, very very small, fluffy one. Okay, all right, uh, right. So Jenny, at um, one of our recent coaching York meetings, you were talking about an approach that you use to self coach. Self-coach yourself through stressful and demanding situations. Now, all coaches have areas of particular interest. So what is it about self-coaching that's important to you? Well, Jeff, it's pretty obvious that we can't have access to a coach every minute of our lives, even if we'd want to. So I found it's really helpful to create a bank of techniques we can use to coach ourselves. These can help us become more resilient, confident, and as we face any of those large or small life or career obstacles and challenges. So I've recently created a rather novel way of helping myself in a situation where I felt really rather nervous. With some practice and with some help from a coach to get you started, this is something we can all benefit from. 
So looking forward to exploring that. So one of the things we like to do on these pods is think about situations we've faced without the benefit of coaching and then how coaching can help us navigate the same kind of scenario in a different way. Can you give us a couple of examples of your own to show what could be different? Well, I can one, think of one immediately, and that was in my early teaching days. I found myself struggling to sleep through the night. I would wake up on an hourly basis, seriously hourly, from about three o'clock in the morning until it was time to get up. And this would happen multiple times a week during term time, particularly on that day before we're due to meet the students for a new school year. I've, I've no idea how you survived doing that. I'd be <laughs> utterly wrecked waking up that many times in the night. OK, and can you tell us about a more recent challenge and talk us through how you coached yourself and what was it about that that made a difference for you? Well, it's been a while since I stopped teaching. So it's a while since I taught a group of people in any capacity, either face to face or remotely. So I was given the opportunity to facilitate a course for a group of teachers who I didn't know and was going to be teaching for a full day on a topic I had not taught for over a year. I was understandably nervous. So here's the new idea that made this experience different. I thought it might be a good opportunity to make a video diary of my emotional experience, which I might be able to use in the future. I anticipated that I would feel much more confident as the day progressed. So what I did is I videoed my feelings when I arrived at the venue and then again at the end. And at the end of the day, I immediately rewatched the videos and compiled them into a single resource. Wow, that sounds fascinating. What did you notice when you played it back? Do you know, it was a real eye-opener. I saw that clear and obvious contrast in the emotions being displayed. I received instant feedback and I could see from the positive outcome that there had been nothing to be worried about in the first place. So the intention of the video is to use this in future as a self-coaching resource whenever I'm nervous about an impending event to show myself that I can do it. You, you mentioned a couple of times there about um, being nervous and looking at yourself and seeing nervousness or anxiety. And uh, what what does that look like for you? Because sometimes people can be nervous or anxious, but they're very good at hiding it. But you'd know how to recognize it in yourself. So what what for you were the telltale signs that you saw and then saw how, how they could be different? The way I when I was looking at the camera, when you look back, it just how your face is looking, speed of talking. I tend to talk faster when I'm nervous. I think there was a change in the pitch of my voice as well. If I think back about watching the video. So no smiles either in my face. You wouldn't necessarily see that kind of if you were just doing an audio, but when you see it through video, which is really useful, um, you see the complete change in demeanor between that nervous fear, fast talking and that relaxed, ah, it's all done kind of feeling at the end. I mean, this is interesting. So obviously when you stand up in front of groups, you've got the group looking at you and you can't see yourself. Mm. How, how without the benefit of seeing yourself on video, would you normally, if you like, manage your own um, way that you present yourself and, and your own sense of confidence coming forward, conscious that you're being observed without necessarily seeing yourself, how you're coming across to the people who are looking at you? See, that's an interesting question. I know I have a really kind of slightly scary resting face. So hopefully the people looking at you will be smiling and that's my trigger to smile back which then stops that happening also the benefit of having material can really help ground me as well so not literally winging it I've got something so it's making me slightly more nervous here that we've we've not we're winging it slightly <laughs> as okay. opposed to having prepared content but that's absolutely fine because actually it's more genuine that way 
But yeah, having prepared content can help me just relax a bit more because I know I've got everything I need to do what I need to do. So it's to do with the feedback from the people who are watching you. Okay. Now, some, some people really don't like looking at themselves on video. In fact, some people don't like having their photograph taken. What inspired you to go down the video route in terms of an approach to self-coaching? I think probably when I was teaching, you had to do it. You got used to just being watched. And I know that's not the same as video, but you got used to being looked at day in, day out by people. And so you have to just do it. But I think I think it was when I started using TikTok, actually, I was like, I have to just get out there. Um, I re recognized that some of my clients would be on TikTok. And I thought, well, actually, most of that is video content looking at a person. I don't judge when I look at other people on TikTok. And there's a whole variety of ages and shapes and sizes and the whole, you know, the, the full spectrum of different people are there. So why am I any different? And then I, because I was getting feedback, I was getting views, I was getting likes and comments. It gives you that confidence. So that came first before this self-coaching. It was just getting out there, recognizing some of my client base would be there. So I had to get there to see what would happen, to see if I could increase my interest in my services. Yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, the world the world is changing and becoming a more a more visual video based place. Mm. So interesting to see how you went on a bit of a journey there, um, mm. trying some stuff out, waiting to get some feedback, and realizing that actually you're as good, if not better, at this than probably a lot of other people out there who use video. Okay, I mean, I'm sure um, that alone will be a bit of interest to some of our hearers. Can we can we think a bit more about what you actually did with this self coaching video? So you've developed this approach. You've explained how it could be used to self-coach. So if somebody listening or a client wanted to work through this approach with you to build their own confidence using it solo, how, how would that work? In my head, there's kind of two options. There's one hypothetical and the other one for them to gather real evidence like I did. And obviously the evidence one is fairly straightforward, but I'll still run you through how it works. So the first way would be that I would ask them to think about a time when they felt particularly super confident and give them space to investigate how that felt. Once they're ready and they've got that, we'd record that experience either as a video or an audio file. After that, we think about the contrasting time, a time in the future when they anticipated they would be feeling nervous or worried. So once both of these feelings were embodied, I would encourage them to voice all their nerves and worries of that second one. We would then replay the first recording back, the one when they felt confident and feel those nerves reduce or even evaporate. Finally, we'd reflect on what happened during the process and what they'd learned about themselves. Okay, so that's fairly fairly cleared and structured. Can I just ask you about a word you used there? You mentioned mm. the word embodied. Uh, tell me more about that. What do you mean by that? So embodying is the process where you don't just think about an experienced event and try and remember it or a future event and try and imagine it. Instead, through a guided process, we use our senses to enable us to more deeply get into the experience. For example, considering a past event, you'd help bring it into the present with a client through a series of suitable questions in the present. So like, where are you? Are you standing or sitting? What are you wearing? What about your body posture? What can you see around you? What smells are in the, in the area, in the room? Um, so using all those different senses and in fact, anything to help that person engage with the experience using not just the experience itself. 
Now, you, um, you mentioned that there was um, a second approach, and I'll ask about that in just a moment. Just uh, just one last question on, on the approach you were talking about there. So you, you were talking about maybe working with clients to think and re-embody, reimagine a situation where they felt super confident. When when you're doing this with clients, I mean, what, what kind of things do people come up with? Oh, I've had some funny ones. I have had somebody who had to wear a red dress and had to have a bag. So they had an, for their for their embodiment for the future, they, the, the event they went to in the past that was confident, it might have been, I think was one was how the hair was looking. One was there was a bright light. So I've done this quite a few times, this particular confidence exercise with quite a few clients, a bright light in the room so that they could feel the sunshine on them. And they, they'd imagine that one. We actually sometimes use an, an imaginary hula hoop on the floor. Um, and I say, what does that hula hoop look like? We've had a purple sparkly one. We've had a red one. We've had all different colors, hula hoops. And you step into that hula hoop to take yourself into that confident space. So you're purposely moving your body as well. I think we've even had somebody holding an imaginary cat that helps them with their confidence. So yeah, a whole host of different things to, to, to assist and different things they could they could smell and imagine. Interesting. I have heard about someone who had an imaginary parrot, but that's not <laughs> save that one for another time. All right. So that was the um that was the approach, uh, remembering and re-embodying an experience. And then you said that there was a second approach that you could use. Could you tell us what that would be? Yeah, the second approach will be to encourage them to do the same as I did. So a video diary, or it could be an audio diary, I suppose, but video is gives you all the the, the non-verbal cues of the, your face as well. So before and after an anticipated event. So the important stage is actually the reviewing of the videos, answering a series of questions which we could kind of craft together, such as how do you feel at this point? What were you concerned about? What actually happened? And what do you know about yourself now? When you've worked through this with clients, so you've got a set of questions that you ask them, things you ask them to think about. Has working with your clients raised any further questions that they thought of that you haven't, which you'd then be able to take forward into further work of your own? So it's an interesting point. I would generally not create a bank of questions. I'd have some questions in my head for if they needed some help, because that's one of the premises of coaching is that I don't suggest anything unless they ask me to suggest it. So I would come with no assumptions as to what they would want to ask we were so I think I said back in the questions we would craft those together and so although I might anticipate some other 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 thinking and definitely I would take it I would take them forward to, to other clients just in terms of oh another client came up with this idea would you like to hear it um, but I would certainly yes I would create a bank and add to them as as clients came up with extra questions but I would not suggest any of those questions to a future client if that makes sense Sure, that, that does make sense. And as, as well as thinking about, so I was interested in the last question that you that you used there, or the last thing that you'd explore, which is what have you learned about yourself? I mean, to, to what extent do you think clients, as a result of having done this, have actually got better at interpreting their own their own body, their own embodiment, that the way they present themselves? I think there's no there's no way you wouldn't because it's a very obvious video, especially doing the reflection on myself. There is such a contrast that you can't miss the begin between the beginning and the end um, of the process. I think in anything, when you're doing a coaching process over time, over a period of sessions and conversations with a client, each time they spend time with you, they become more self-reflective. So there's, there is every opportunity 
that once this process is done and they've recorded their video and they come back to it, they may want to start re-recording with the new change between a new anticipated event and what's happened and actually see that contrast as they go forward. I haven't yet done it with me, but I think it would be a really good idea to do to realize I could have done it this morning, actually, to realize um, the changes actually that occur with practice and with with self-reflection. All right. And typically, what are the kinds of things that your clients say to you, having got to the end of these processes? They're surprised at how quickly the changes can happen. That with with reflection, just looking at it, they're surprised at the change in themselves from the beginning to the end and the big contrast in that video recording. Um, because none of us anticipate we will be so different from the beginning and just so obviously different and something that um, as simple as I can do it and recognizing that and doing it again. Yeah, it's it's just that big contrast, that big contrast that that is surprising to everybody. Brilliant. OK, so we'll we'll put some links in in the show notes. So what are we going to be linking people to? Uh, currently a TikTok video. It will actually be on YouTube as well. It hasn't yet got there. Okay. Although by the time we publish this, who knows? It probably will be. All right. Okay. And if somebody wants some help from you to work with you to put something like this together, what's the best way for them to get in touch and what happens when they do? I would say probably the easiest way or the best way to see the most content from me to be able to see what I've posted and the things I say is via LinkedIn to connect with me and send me a direct message to, to follow what I've been saying. Feel free to follow me on TikTok as well. At Jenny Sharp Career Coaching, quite easy to find me. But obviously you can check it's the right person by looking at my LinkedIn first because there is only one of me. Jenny, that was fascinating. Thank you very much. I would encourage our listeners to, to get in touch with anything there they'd like to explore further. Thank you very much for your support for the Coaching Your Podcast. Thank you, Jeff.